The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Well, welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy I Candy Kimsey. Cover me in chocolate and call me a goober. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be easy. Enough. How about a cluster? I've already did a cluster. A goo goo. And Big Daddy Carter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From the <laughs> straight out of Compton, Ralph Hicks. Represent. Yeah, he actually did a chest bump. Did you see that? Yeah. Behind the glass, Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. <laughs> Sarita, the Edge, Edgerton. I'm living on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome. So, Cherry the Annihilator Lewis. Hello. Cherry is going to be on a jet plane. I should have did that. Leaving on a jet plane. Cherry is going to Idaho. I am. Yay. I wonder how far you guys are. I wonder how far Fort Hall is from like Joel Rosenauer because he lives in Idaho. Are you in the northern remember. part or the southern part of the state? Because he flew into Boise. Are you flying into Boise? No. I'm actually flying into Denver, and then we're going to drive. Oh, okay. But usually I fly into Salt Lake and then drive about two hours to Pocatello, Idaho. How far is it from Denver to where you're going? About nine hours. Oh. Why yeah. are you flying? <laughs> well, to see a different part. You want to see Colorado? Yeah. Uh, you're going to see this big like horse outside the um, airport? And then you're going to be just driving in no man's land. <laughs> are you going to Are you going to go to Four Corners? Um, I don't actually know where I'm going. I'm um, traveling with two other people, and her husband, you know, was trying to ask me what I would like to do, and I just said I'm just wanting to ride and not think and just look. That sounds nice. So yeah, that's, that's true. That's my plan. I love flying over the Rockies. Yeah, I do too. It's the damn coolest thing. It's the it's very pretty. Yeah, it is. It really is. I like flying over Vegas. I've not done that. That is the wildest thing. You're just flying over like desert, and then all of a sudden, it's just this big light show <laughs> down there, and you're like, what? And then you fly over it, and then there goes the light oh, show. You gotta and you're make like, sure to do a night flight for that one. Yeah, huh? that's, that's what I was, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, when I was there, were, the California fires were so bad oh, one yeah. year that it actually blocked out the light beneath you. You couldn't even see wow, Vegas. I remember that. Yep. And then I want to say that year, but there's probably two different years that could have been. <laughs> it happens all the time out there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're back in the studio. We don't have Josh Sexton here, and uh, he is going to be coming back. Talk to him. He's uh, been battling uh, timber rattlesnakes and uh, blowouts on tires and dealing like, with a lot of stuff, but he's coming back. Like It's the age-old question. You, if you want to get a man to just talk at you for 30 minutes, ask him what animals he thinks he could beat up. <laughs> <laughs> with him, I guess it's timber rattlesnakes. Yeah. That's I think he said impressive. there was like seven where he was at in Whittier, North Carolina. Trying to catch him for the Pentecostal church. Yeah. <laughs> for the one in Whittier, North Carolina. I mean, it's a that's way out there, man. So uh, we are going to. I would be an atheist if I had to go to a church like that. I would just say no. <laughs> well, be even and, Sarita, even Sarita, <laughs> even Andy and Sarita. So um, tonight, 
I want to. I wanted to just. I, I didn't give you guys any notes because I just wanted to have a conversation about this uh, guy who's been uh, very villainized in the Bible, and that is the disciple Judas Iscariot. And there is a line in the scripture when Jesus says, uh, "For the man that betrays him, it would have been better that he'd never been born." And that always terrified me when I read that as a child. And but that's not yep. the exact verse, <laughs> yeah. is it? What is it? It would have been better if he had never been born. While she's looking that up, what, are, looking, what, what are you battling, Rick? You sound so stuffy again. You, I, got, well, you got COVID for the 19th time? Yeah, I have not been able to shake this. And recently, um, as of yesterday at about 6 p.m., I, I got a very high-pitched frequency noise in my left ear. And I had a lot of people tell me, um, that it's tinnitus or it could be due to my blood pressure. And my blood pressure got jacked because of whatever sick. I think I did have COVID is what happened. Oh, okay. I didn't get tested. Uh, so therefore I didn't have COVID. Yeah. But um, I just. <laughs> You've been hanging out with me and you didn't tell me you thought you had COVID? Well, he was, this is from before last week. Listen, even. I've had this for like five weeks now. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. like five it, months. Well, no, I mean, I've had it off and on, yeah, like I said last time. There's a diagnosis for I think that. we should it's probably turn the heat up long in here. Long collar. Oh, I was going to get a, I was going to get Ralph a blanket, actually. You yeah, it that. changed me. Like I had, um, I, I had a, a very high blood pressure. And um, a real bad cough and like all kinds of stuff going Man. on. So it's it's just lingering. Oh, okay. There so you that go. you know it's. But she's right. I'm called a long hauler. <laughs> I'm like the semi truck of COVID. Way to persevere the, with that. Rig. Rig. I'm the big rig. Big rig rig. <laughs> <laughs> I got another nickname for him. Yeah, so exactly. What did you find, Sarita? Right. Okay. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Yeah. So. It would be better, but you, you left out the for him part, and I think that's what did I say? It if would it, be it better would, if he had never been born. But so but those better two for things, him. Yeah. So it would, it's, a, it's a line. It's a fine line, but it's a line. Uh, well, when we get in, I want to see you, where you're going. I was going to say, can see. you explain to me what's different about what I said? Because um, I, I I'm good with it. Do it. <laughs> I'm good know, with it. I don't know where you're going, so I want to kind of wait. Okay. I think it's a mistranslation. Okay, I'm not going. I'm really not going anywhere. Okay. I'm, I think the the point is is that it's describing Judas Iscariot. We know that, right? Part of it. Oh, so you think that it's not all about him? What he's saying it would have been better for him if he'd never been born. Well, that's that's one translation, but um, the translation that I read and I read earlier today. Let me. I don't have my Bible, my actual physical Bible. You said twenty four. What, Rick? Matthew Matthew twenty six. Matthew 24, 26? I thought it was 26, 24. 26, 24. 26, 24. Just like number backwards. He dyslexic? It also means peephole. Judas does. The noun. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Did yeah. you look that up? Yeah, bud. Okay. How about that? It's like so a little glory hole. For the eyes. For the eyes. All right. So in the King James, the NKJV. <laughs> if y'all can see Cherry laughing. Oh, this is awesome. I totally missed it. So. <laughs> keep, keep I'm always Sorry. on the outside. Yeah, of the we were busy. He said that Judas meant peephole as a noun. And then he said a glory <laughs> hole. <laughs> Just a little glory hole. <laughs> for the eyes. A glory hole for the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the entirety of the verse says this. The Son of Man is going going away just as it is written about him. 
But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man has been betrayed or is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. So it's talking about anyone who does that, not just it's the one Judas. That, well, it's the one that betrays the Son of Man. And he's known as the traitor, the betrayer. Judas, Judas Iscariot is known as that one. So I I'm probably early in this, but isn't that necessary for the crucifixion and the crucifixion? Yeah. Sorry. That it happens. That's a word. Crucifixion I, is yeah. what that sounds like a song that Red Hot Chili Peppers would sing. Yeah. He Cal- got crucifixion. cation. <laughs> the original order of the words in the Greek manuscript translate good it was to him if not was born that the man that. So I know that's weird because we don't talk like that. That's how Yoda would yeah, say Yeah, but Germans it. do. Yoda. Good it was to him. Good it was to him. <laughs> we not, changed not, it. Not born yet. So we changed it to good it was for that man. Good it was for him. Yeah, sure. But Jesus, when he, in the whole whole entirety of the speech, when he says for him, he's talking about himself in the third person. When he says that man, he's talking about the betrayer. So it would have been better for Jesus if that man had never been born. That's an interesting way. That's, okay. the, that's the translation of the Greek. Now, I don't know what was meant by I it, like and I that am translation not wanting better. to speak for Jesus No, but here. I like that. I like that translation better. It would be better for the Son of Man uh, had this betrayer never been born. And then it, then it references um, interesting. Ecclesiastes 6.3. says, If a man begets a hundred children and lives many years, but his soul is not satisfied with goodness, I would say that a stillborn child is better than he. Wow. So if you're not full of, and we know that Judas was not full of goodness in his heart, it would have been better that he was stillborn. I don't think we know that he wasn't filled with goodness in his heart, because I don't think he'd have been an apostle if he didn't have goodness in his heart. Well, okay. I'm with you, Ralph. The end result is actually, we are going to get into that, Ralph. We are going to pull some of that. What were you going to say, Andy? I was just going to have Sari to repeat that verse that she just said. Okay, hang on. This that very last one, because I washed it from my memory already, because (laughs) I'm a goldfish. Yeah, I believe that's it, yeah. (laughs) Because what? I am a goldfish. (laughs) He wakes up new. Every 10 minutes. (laughs) If a man begets a hundred children and lives many years, but his soul is not satisfied with goodness, I say that a stillborn child is better than he. So how do we know what they mean by satisfied with goodness? Where are we getting that from? It's interpretive from what, what the author of Ecclesiastes is thinking is good. I want, I, that's one of those things where if I could like, if I could like dial a Greek (laughs) <laughs> you know, give me the give me the Greek. <laughs> yeah, Where's yeah. Sam's do you want to ask? The, you we could ask the crowd, or you could call a Greek scholar. I would call a Greek scholar on that bad boy. I promise you. The dialect some, Greek. Something <laughs> funny. Something doesn't line up because to me that sounds like they're referring to a miserable human. Yeah. that well, has walked the, life miserable. Sounds not, like sounds like an email walked, to Melissa Scott. Well, from the. Yeah. Pre- from the perspective of Solomon that is believed to write Ecclesiastes, when he was writing that, most of that, he seemed to be most horribly unsatisfied. Yeah. He was a— See, so I think he's talking about— He was down on women, about, for sure. I think he's talking about <laughs> depression, not like sin. Well, I mean, you think about all that Solomon had 
Well, he exhausted everything. Exactly. He, and, he, you know, if he wasn't satisfied with the goodness, he had all what you could, the world could have offered. Yes. He might, he he might have been talking about himself. Like, yeah, he hey, yeah. yeah, people I've, usually are. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I wanted to ask, so Billy, tell me what you know about Judas Iscariot, just off the top of the dome. Mm, he, uh, he was a disciple, followed mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, and then um, he took some silver, mm-hmm. betrayed him. Kissed him, and that was that was about it. So yeah. okay, what about you, Rick? You might want to pass on me. Okay, you got you got I, a I bunch sp- to dig in. Uh, yeah, I spun all right, cool. Ralph, do you have anything to add to what Billy said? Uh, I think I'll add when we get into the discussion because I think that there are possibilities. I don't think we really know everything about him. I think that he, my, my opinion is, little old me, uh, that. This that he was a true disciple, and he did, did believe. I think he got scared. I think he got scared that the he saw that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were after him, and they thought that they were going to get killed too. I think he got scared, which is why he um, blew the whistle. Um, and we don't know whether or not he took it back at the last second. And there are different writings on whether or not he did, and whether or not he'd have been saved. Lots of writings on it. Um, I just think that um, you know he, he's a human. I like how you said that. He was the original whistleblower. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Andy, tell me what, you know, from your perspective, what do you know about Judas Iscariot? I don't know anything really more than exactly what Billy said, mm-hmm. mostly. You know, I know the the general outline of the story. I know that Judas is a Judas is still used as a uh, a way to describe or call a, a traitor to this day. So. Mm-hmm. No, he's had an effect on the world. Yeah, don't you think it's interesting that his name means God be praised, but it's used as a villainization of a I, person. It's yeah. interesting. I think his name is almost associated with another name that starts with an H. Yeah. That, that the world today kind of always associates with, the, with a bad guy. Oh. Which is? Hitler. Oh, Hitler. Uh, and well, this, you uh, say, Hitler wasn't a Judas. Hitler was a Hitler. Well, like, they're he both didn't perform still perform that same sort of role for somebody. He but just, they're still bad guys. If you say the name, I, I don't think Judas was a bad guy. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's. that's I don't, a, I don't think that's he was a, a bad long. guy. I think at well, the end he made a mistake because he was afraid. I agree with you, Ralph, on that point. But I say if if anybody says Judas is referred to as a bad name, hmm. as a bad person, yeah. Yeah, you don't mean um, they're alike. You just mean it's, it's one it's of a small top, number of it, names. It, it's it's a, not been on the top 100 baby names for, for a minute, ever. forever. Yeah, maybe ever <laughs> no. in history since his. So don't call Judas Junior. But I just <laughs> really? Judas Priest. They, but they one of the heroes of the Jews was Judas Maccabee. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sarita, do you know anything else in regard to something that hasn't been stated yet? I I have been told. I don't. I don't really know if this is true, that he handled a lot of the money, which is why he got upset with Mary Magdalene for doing the alabaster bottle of perfume on Jesus' feet. And he said we could have sold this and used it to to feed the poor or do something with it. So I think he was maybe in charge of the money. Yeah, he was. And in Um, in some cases, they said there are some people that have said that they thought he had taken some money. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I, that, I don't see that in Scripture, but— uh, It is, and we're going to get into it. Well, I know he took money from the Pharisees. I know he tried to give it back. I know that he was possessed by Satan That's as right. he entered his body. And I think that he was so torn up by what he allowed to happen that when he, he 
the only thing he could do was take his life. That's where he felt. And because I know people who feel like that, mm-hmm. they're so messed up that the only thing they can do to make it right is just take their own life. Mm-hmm. Or what does Tiziana say? Unalive, unalive themselves. Unalive themselves, yeah. Um, what he did, what he allowed to be done through him, it was pretty serious. And I don't know that I would not have reacted the same way post-possession. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus allowed him Allowed Allowed him, told him, go do it. Yeah. It has to be done. Jesus may not have known the whole time because there's, there's talk, you know, Rick has said things that, you know, maybe he got understanding as, as time went by, but, um, you know, at the end he knew and, and he allowed it to happen and allowed it to happen to somebody who chose. I always find it really kind of amusing that they say, well, who's going to do it, Lord? And he tells them who's going to do it. And they're like, who? Who? Is it the guy who touches the, the thing with my hand and the thing and the the, together and the, Oh, they just did that. Like, I don't know how they didn't get it. Like, it's weird. We're actually going to get into that, too. That's really okay, good that you brought okay. that up. Hey, Cherry, do you have anything else to add to what they've said? Um, the one thing that always stood out to me about Judas was he was very remorseful um, and that he hung in the tree and remained in the tree until his bowels burst. Mm-hmm. And it was so that was like a disgraceful death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I personally have always questioned. You know, I realize he was close to Jesus, but I've always wondered, you know, even for myself, like, can you be that close and still miss the mark? Mm. And um, just when I read about Judas, he seemed to go through all the right motions, but it doesn't seem to me that he had what it took in his heart to understand. And that's why he was used of um, Satan to be able to deceive and, and be able to you know, betray Jesus and then died a disgraceful death. It never says he actually repented. It only says he was remorseful. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. don't know. I wonder if he had ever had any writings while he was... Judas? Yeah. That was out there, you know. And like, you know, every, the rest of them did. There is a gospel according to Judas. Mm-hmm. Really? There is. Yeah. Um, it's considered a, an apocryphal writing, a non-canonized writing. But uh, it's where the movie The Last Temptation of Christ um, comes from, where Judas and Jesus were very intimate, and he was very aware um, of what he had to do, and that unless he did it, then the Son of Man would never have been crucified. So he had a job to do, and that was his job was to be the betrayer, and that he knew ahead of time, and that he fulfilled it. That's what the t- And so that book sort of covers that. And so it was a very controversial movie in the late 80s, or I think it was the late 80s, early 90s. It was a Martin Scorsese film. Um, But anyway, all right, so let's get into this guy. So, Well, I have a question. Go ahead. What if, at the end, the reason why he took his life is because he was so remorseful and so ashamed and so angry that 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 this has happened, and he can't ask for forgiveness because Christ is being crucified, and so maybe he thinks he can't go to him and and, and say it, and so maybe he just says, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, and you've you've actually said a lot of things similar to that in the past, and before I decided to do this, I thought a lot from your perspective, and I found some things that are kind of cool, and I'm going to bring that up, and it's something that I never thought about before. So let's start with this. Do you guys know what Iscariot means? His name was Simon Iscariot. So, I thought it was a place. It is. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So when He's you break from it down. a certain place. Yeah. It's so Iscariot means man of Kerioth. And that was a place that was in the southern part of Judah, the southern part. 
This is a unique thing that I didn't know until today, that Judas was the only outsider of all the disciples. All of the other 11 disciples were from Galilee, including Simon the Zealot, but he was not. He was from the southern part of Judah, a long way from Galilee. So, he would have been considered an outsider hmm. to the Galileans because the Galileans were mainly fishermen and labor, hard labor people. And then he comes from a lower part, which there's a possibility that he was actually rich, that he, was, he, comes, he comes from money. And knows money, okay? Um, but here's something else that I don't, I'd never really thought about. Listen to this verse and see what you think. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 through 2. Now, he, being Jesus, called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and the power to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even take, and do not even have two tunics, and whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that city. And as for all who do not receive you, when you leave that city, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And as they were leaving, they began going throughout the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. The reason I wanted to read that is because listen to what it said. He called the twelve. Was Judas Iscariot not part of the 12? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, Jesus sent Judas out and gave him the power and authority over demons and the power to heal diseases. That means that Judas was doing the same thing that the other disciples were, were doing. Okay? So that's unique. His relationship is personal and intimate. He is a disciple of Christ and he is given power to do things that only Christ was doing in his time. Okay? But before we get too far, there's one thing I want to point out. Jesus also says this about people in regard to this. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, cast out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. So even though these people had the power to prophecy and heal and do miracles, and they looked at the Lord and said, but hey, I have had your power. He says, that's still not good enough if you continue to practice in lawlessness. So... Yeah, Judas, but he didn't break, Judas didn't break the law. He did, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, but Judas... Well, so, at the very beginning of the last thing you just read, it uh-huh. said... Um, we'll enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Was he not doing the will of the Father? So, he was doing the will of the Father in that time... But he says those who continue to do lawlessness. So they had the power, was in the will, but he also had his own will involved. And that's what this, that's what this episode is really going to be about, is where your will and his will are at war. That's where this is at. Okay? But the, the, the final say on all of it is, if at the last second he said, I'm sorry, I screwed up, I got it wrong, forgive me, grace is there and he's saved. I would agree. I would agree with that. If somebody was 
you know, truly repentant of what they've done, that I see no reason why God couldn't have saved him. I, I have, I don't know Judas's mind, and that makes me feel better. What Sarita said earlier, it would have been better for Jesus if if Judas had never been born. Exactly. That makes more sense. I like that better than it's if God's sovereign and made Judas, and then Judas had to do everything that God said sovereignly, and it wasn't by free will, but it was sovereignly because it had to fulfill prophecy. Then why would it be? What kind of a God are we dealing with that's making a person like Judas and then putting him in hell forever? Kind of an idea, like the way that people talk. Okay, we all know my yeah. And then the free will, and then the free will things out the window. Yeah, exactly. All right. Can I ask a question? You sure can. So I wrestled with this a long time ago when I first started going to church and reading, especially when I read about Pharaoh, Mm -hmm. and then I thought about Judas, and I thought about Pharaoh, and I thought, geez, it kind of seemed at first like. The Lord just picked and choose and did whatever. Yeah. But, I mean. Because God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yes. Yes. And so I struggled with that. I was like, well, why would you just randomly pick somebody and do that? But, mm-hmm. I mean, then it was like I was standing in the laundry room doing laundry, and it hit me. I was like, well, if the heart's not where it's supposed to be anyway, it, the Bible tells us that he made everything for him. And he, he uses everything. And so he already knows who's usable and for what. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I reasoned out Judas. Yeah, I used to think that way about Pharaoh too. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, Pharaoh had already made them slaves. Pharaoh had already began to whip their backs and have yeah. build his cities. It was in his heart to already do it. It's whenever Moses came and said, let my people go. And that he might've thought, okay, well, let me see how I can work this. But God hardened his heart even more to prevent it so that God could show his people just how glor- how much glory he had and what he could do for his people. Yeah, so when I looked at Judas though, I thought kind of the same thing. Right, and, and thought, I well, think, his heart really wasn't where it should have been to begin with to be a true disciple of the Lord. Well, I think he was in the right place to begin with. I think that he came on purpose, mm-hmm. and I think he thought Jesus was who he said he was. But Jesus, later on, and we're going to get into it, Jesus proves to Judas that he's not who he thought he was. Gotcha. It's going to change. Judas is going to change because of one event. There's one event that comes that that it just it screws Judas's brain completely. And that's when he makes a turn. And it's awesome. We're going to get into that. What do you got? Was 30 pieces of silver a lot back then? Um, Yes and no. I think, so 30 pieces of silver actually- Would that be just good old-fashioned human greed? um, It actually, that's the same amount of money that you need to purchase a slave. It's the ransom for a slave. Thus, Jesus's life was the ransom. Okay. Yep, and it, it also um, hails back to Zechariah and Jeremiah, these prophets that talk, and Zechariah was sold for 30 pieces of silver. And like, Got you. So it, was it, it Joseph also? I'm not sure if it was 30. Maybe it was. I'm not really sure. Was he sold? That would be in Genesis somewhere. If yes, he, he was sold. Yeah, they, I, they I know he was sold, sold by his him. brothers, but I don't know how much they sold much. him for. Maybe somebody could look that up while we're checking, um, or check on that while we're talking. So um, what I just said was that basically— just because he was given the power and authority to do these things, that doesn't mean that Judas was good to go. So he's had the taste of this, but that doesn't mean that he's fully good to go. And none of the other disciples did either. Don't forget, you got Peter that denied him and Thomas that doubted him. And you've got all of these these other things that are going on with these disciples that are with him. They have no idea what all is going on. You know, they're just, they're each individually uh, dealing with, you know, with Jesus. All right. So let's look at this. You had said earlier that you thought he was in charge of the money bag and he was. And I always thought that was weird. Why wouldn't they let Matthew, the tax collector, 
20 pieces of silver? Well, he wasn't happy Joseph, being a tax Joseph was silver, 20 pieces of silver. And 600 pieces of silver, or 30 pieces of silver is about $600 today. Oh, wow. What did you say, Rick? I don't think that at that, that, that time Matthew was happy to handle money because he wasn't happy to be a tax collector. Exactly. So that that was something that I thought of too. So I thought, well, maybe maybe Judas was from wealth because Simon Iscariot, and we've done a lot of search on his father, and we think, I think, that we put together that he at least had two homes, which is unusual because he would have been in the northern and the southern part of Israel. So it's possible that from Kerioth, that being an outsider, that he would be able to manage, maybe perhaps he could manage money. He wouldn't be the same as one of these you know, fishermen that didn't work with. Well, from the standpoint, the part that you brought up, finding out that he's an outsider, how much harder would it have been to select a trader that would have been of the same area, the same neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Probably harder. Extremely, for everybody else to deal with. Yeah. The fact that- like, they would have, To me, though, it would seem like they would automatically think that the outsider was the trader. And they don't. Like the disciples don't even consider him. Well, I think with all that's going on, they have very little ability to to handle. Well, too with everything else that, like you say, with everything else that's going on, you know, there's there's fear. I, I think there's a I think there's a lot of fear in that time. Well, I mean, he's healing so, people. They don't they don't think he's going to be defeated. Let me or, ask you guys individually, Billy, have you ever went to church and put on a facade like everything was good in your life? Yeah. Okay, how about you, Rick? Oh, yeah. You just, you hit it all, right? How about you, Ralph? Did you put on a facade when you went to church? <laughs> since, I'm, since I'm little, yeah. Andy, have you ever put a, put on a facade when you went to eat pizza as an atheist? <laughs> uh, I'm, no, because I'm just, if I'm eating pizza, I'm, I'm genuinely happy. Hey, have you ever been in a situation it, where, I'm just Andy, you didn't want to be there, but you put on a facade yeah, as if course. you were? Yeah, I mean, you do that, I'm sure, with work. I mean, you know, you don't want to <laughs> yeah. go record just every hanging coral out at a Probably like right hanging now. Hanging out at a bar and people are a little too drunk and you're just trying not to be a damn drag. Yeah. You know, feel like that all the time. How about you, Sarita? Have you ever put on a facade when you went to church? This week. All right. <laughs> Cherry, have you ever not put on a facade? Whoa. <laughs> I was, no, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Cherry, this is your intervention. Cherry, Cherry doesn't really Sorry, fake it. No. Cherry's no. not one of those people that fake it. She's just like no. looked at you like you can just go straight to hell. Yes. But we're in church, Cherry. Though I meant what I said. Yeah. I say if I can't say it here, I can't say it anywhere. I'm not yeah. gonna lie in church. But you've had those moments. You've had those moments when you put on an, a show to to make things think everybody yeah. everything's okay. But yeah, because I'm more of a private person about my own self, so I don't. I just don't. Right. I just roll with it. You do. Yeah. yeah. And so if you, what I want you guys to try to do as we continue to study Judas, I want you to think about the fact that Judas left his home, obviously left to whatever job he had, because anybody that went to a rabbi would leave their jobs and go underneath a rabbi. So he's left his home, everything behind, and now he's with these other men because he believes that this man, Jesus, is this. We're not even really given any any details to why he's there now. Right. Where he came from. Where he's was the meetup? That's right. He's just there. He's there. And so he's chosen. Now, we do know all of them were chosen. Yes. Jesus said, behold, I have chosen you. You've not chosen me. So he chose Judas from a crowd from wherever he saw him. And if you watch The Chosen, it was at his Sermon on the Mount whenever he shows up. But yes. we don't know where it happened. But yes. we just know that Judas was chosen by Jesus. And Judas is a part. And to me, it seems 
as we go along through this, you're going to start to find Judas speaks out a few times and really shows his colors, but so do the other disciples. And so when it happens, it's almost like they're all putting on facades for the master as they go. And but then it gets real. Well, and Jesus stays with them long enough till it gets really real for them. Did you notice that as if you like your investigation, you notice the the sort of significance of the callouts or the names or the way it was written between the Synoptic Gospels? Uh huh. Do you notice that? Yes. How it all, how it completely changes? Yes, and I it, have noticed. Oh my gosh! So all right. So here's where it says in John chapter 12, verse four through eight, it says, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who intended to betray him. Now, obviously this is after the fact, right? Way after the fact. Way after the fact. Said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the proceeds given to poor people? Now he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he kept the money box. He used to steal from what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Can now, when you, read, when you read the other accounts, it sounds like it's just the disciples, but he is aiming it at him. Directly. Directly. Yes. The other synoptic offals, there's no names. No. It just says some. John so is pointing out that it was Judas who had the problem with this. But who do you have a problem with? He had the problem with Mary Magdalene. Mary. With the woman who gave up the money. That was Mary. Yeah. Who was married to? His his sister. Exactly. Well, but hold on. Hold on. Are you, we're talk, you're talking about Lazarus. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. So, because we talked Blame about that. Lazarus. It's, it, well, it's because, you know. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke. And, and it's, all of this, all of this really intense, intimate information comes from this one source. And why is it that John's gospel is different? Now, I don't want to get into all the Lazarus stuff, but at the same time, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, why would he be mad? Well, Mary and Martha, that was their money. They didn't. But he said, why didn't you give it to the poor? Now, that was... And remember, there's a time where this happens in Simon Iscariot's house, and then there's a time when it's happening in Bethany. Okay, so, all right. So anyway, the the Gospel of John makes it very, very clear that Judas was the one that had the money box, and he was also the one that was a thief. So we know that about him. So we also learn that Judas sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and it says it in Matthew 26, 14. Then one of the 12 named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they set out for him 30 pieces of silver, and from then on, he looked for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. So he's... I haven't told you why he said that, but we're going to get into it. There is a reason, okay? There is a reason. Reason why he said what? There's a reason why he decided to betray him. It happens. Okay? I, I want you guys to know that I probably wouldn't do that to any of you for $600. <laughs> you thank, thank you, you. Andy. We <laughs> wouldn't do it to probably. you either. Yeah. I, I'll take it back. Well, I probably. would not do that to Andy. Maybe, maybe, one of you. maybe just one of you. Andy, for you, I'd do it for free. <laughs> I'd do it to Rick, though. You got a yeah. partner. <laughs> not, <yeah. laughs> Specifically not $600. Yeah. Right. You, can lot, you can get a lot yeah. of candy for $600. Yeah. <laughs> you, so, a lot of yeah. goobers. I can go to hell. It may not exist, but I can still go Now, there. I want you guys to remember something. I want you to remember something that we talk about a lot in here is um, Matthew 23, where he does the seven woes and he's standing at, when Jesus is calling down um, the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders, 
I also want you to remember the Olivet Discourse that we talked about when he talks to the disciples and he's telling them what's going to happen. And he tells them, hey, you're going to be hated. You're going to be killed. You're going to go through hell before I even get anywhere near here. And so all of this stuff's been told to his disciples. And these guys have left everything that they had and they've been traveling with Jesus for three and a half years. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go die now. You know, and they're like, what are you talking about? So Peter handles it one way. Peter's like, no, you're not going to go. You're not going to go to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. And what does he say? Get behind, Get behind me, me, Satan. Now, was he, the Bible doesn't say that he was actually infiltrated by Satan, but Jesus called him Satan. So it's the mindset. You are against where I'm heading. You are trying to take away what this world needs. That's what he's telling Peter. So every disciple has their little thing that they have a problem with. And so as I started doing this on Judas, I realized, oh my gosh, we need to do a breakdown of every single disciple because every one of them have something that's uniquely a problem with Jesus doing what he's trying to do. And he chose every one of them. It's wild, man. But so here's something that I I had never really thought of before until today. So whenever Jesus has this issue with the the woman whenever Judas has this issue with the woman and the money thing that was that was a start right but i want to remind you on the night that Jesus is getting ready to do his final supper his last supper which is the moment that Judas does you know it has satan enter into him and all that I want you to remember something. Jesus does something really unique to the disciples. Can you remember what he does the night of when he, what does he do? He washes their feet. Yes. He actually strips down. He wraps himself with a towel. Yep. He debases himself. He does. And he gets down and he washes the feet. Now, Peter's the one that's like, no, don't wash. No, he should be washing yours. He's like, let me do this. And he's like, no. Well, if you're going to wash me, then Jesus, then wash my whole body. Right? It says that that is when Judas leaves and goes to meet the, the, the elders, the scribes. It's after this moment. That's when he goes, and he, that's when he's going to get the money. He suddenly sees that this is not going to be the king that he thought he was going to be. This is going to be humble, humiliated Jesus, yes. not warrior king Defeating the Romans. That's right. And and freeing the Jews. Yes. Well, John, aka Lazarus, also mentioned something in that that the other gospels didn't say. Yeah. You're gonna get to it. Say say it one more time. I said John writes something different in his in that part where he goes to leave. Yes. That the other gospels don't speak. You're talking about the Last Supper. No, not yet. Okay. It's in that part before he leaves, or when he leaves. All right, so let's read this right here. Uh, I'm in Luke 22 right now. Luke doesn't talk about it. This is before the Last Supper. It says, now the feast of, this is Luke 22, now the feast of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the scribes were trying to find a way to put him to death, since they were afraid of the people. Now listen to this. Which is why they didn't do it on Passover. And Satan entered Judas the one called Iscariot, who belonged to the number of the 12. And he left and discussed with the chief priests and officers how he was to betray him to them. And they were delighted and agreed to give him money. And so he consented and began looking for a good opportunity to betray him. 
to them away from the crowd. The day was approaching. So this is before. So he's already met with them. But here's John's account. Are you in John 13? Yeah, I have it. Yeah. When Jesus had said these things, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. Notice that. What? Verse 2. Yeah. In 13? Yeah. Okay. Uh, read that. Go ahead. It says, Now, when it, when it was time for supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon, is scared to betray him. So there's already a setup that John is talking about. Yep. That's already been planted. That's right. And Luke 22 is that moment. It's beforehand. Yep. So Satan has already attacked him before he even gets to. So when we, a lot of times we think that Satan goes into him at the meal when he stops, and he does. Yes. But for very different reasons. Each time that Satan puts something in his heart or takes him over or possesses him, there is something unique that's going on in Judas's mind. Well, and I'm saying that because as believers or people who are thinking about God and think about your life, you got to find out that there is a place where the rubber meets the road between your will and his will and what's going on. And that's where that's what's going on. And in, in, in this timing, Satan has an effect because Satan's the one that's trying to kill the son of God. I want to get to a, a later, but there's a part about the, that. Let me finish that, this, and I'm going to let you talk, because you've been dying no, for the last okay. half hour. I no, can see okay. it. You drove two no, hours. I'm going to let you talk, no, all okay. right? No. But let me, so let me say no. this right here. No, you're good. Yeah. Let me talk. Because <laughs> you don't I'm get the, enough of that. The battle of the rigs. Let me be the, the, let me be the douche ass. canoe. Yeah. <laughs> the disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. I wanted to point that out. Did you notice that they didn't just automatically pick Judas? Because if he really was a bad guy and hadn't been acting like the rest of them, they probably would have been like, it's probably that dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and they, they might have tried to stop him too. True. So Simon Peter nodded to this disciple, talking about the disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to him, tell us who it is of whom he's speaking. So he's saying quietly, hey, Lazarus. <laughs> hey, John, <laughs> would you please lean over and ask Jesus what's up? Okay, so he's that you intimate. You ask him, you ask him. You know it's true. So then he says, he then simply leaned back on Jesus' chest and said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered him, that man is the one for whom I shall dip the piece of bread and give it to him. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After this, Satan then entered him. Therefore, see, before it said Satan put something in his heart. Now he's entered into him. This is now, now Satan's doing this. Therefore, Jesus said to him, what you are doing, do it quickly. Now, one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. Now, none of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. For some were assuming, since Judas kept the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we need for the feast or else that he was to give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he left immediately and it was night. All right. So this is what I wanted to bring up. And then Rick, I'm going to let you say what you got on your mind. Okay. But this is something, what? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> One of the things that I'd never really thought about was that Judas left the room and Judas was out doing his bidding to betray. That means that Judas never heard the words that you guys are about to hear. Judas never heard him. We have to remember that. He was absent from what Jesus says. So 
from this point, Judas leaves. And I find it interesting that after all this happens, Jesus begins to comfort. The conversation after he left the room. Yes. Between then until later when he comes back is amazing. Yeah. And that's what, what you got, Sarita? Um, when I did the I am statements of Jesus, we discussed this. Did we? Yes, we surely did. That- you were deathly sick. and It was just dust, lady. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we discussed the the t- the two I am statements that he says after yes. the only yep. thing that Judas did not hear. Yep. Right. That's right. So that's something Judas didn't hear. So that Y'all go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it. You're right. So these words never entered the ears of Judas, right? Even though you and I, all who are listening to this podcast or in this room, have heard these words, Judas never did. Judas never heard this. So Judas doesn't know that Jesus tells Peter that he's going to deny him three times. Judas never knew that. Judas doesn't hear the new commandment that they should love one another. Judas never heard that. He doesn't hear Jesus say that in his father's house are many mansions and that where he was going, he would come and bring them back with him. He never heard those words. Right. Judas doesn't uh, hear Jesus tell Philip that he and the father are one. Or, hey, Philip, have you not seen me? He wasn't there to experience that. Judas doesn't hear Jesus say that whatever they ask in his name, that he'll do it for them. Judas never heard that. Judas doesn't hear Jesus tell about the Holy Spirit, whom he will send as a comforter. Don't you think you would have liked to have known that whenever he was so remorseful? Mm-hmm. Judas never heard Jesus say that he is the vine and that they were the branches. Never heard it. Judas was never told he was a branch. Nope. He never learned that apart from Jesus, that he could do nothing. So my thought was, what was Judas hearing instead? Whatever the opposite or something, just with just enough truth Mm -hmm. to make it seem believable. Satan was in him. He was inside him. Oh, yeah. They're going to kill you, too. Satan had his ears and he had his thoughts. So Full of fear. Get what you can now. Just like you said, Ralph. Get out before it's too late. Side with these leaders. I've picked the wrong guy. Jesus told you that he had no intention of taking the kingdom by force. Don't you know? I don't think that he thought he picked the wrong guy. I always thought that he was afraid because of what Jesus was doing and ticking off the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Pharisees were after him for that, that they were all going to be killed. Mm Mm-hmm. People well, do the, crazy things out of fear. I mean, oh, we yeah. have just lived through a time period where people were afraid to go out of their houses, and we do things out of fear that we wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had somebody lovingly, humbly wash your feet? Yes. No, I never have. In Nicaragua. Yeah. It was the most, I think I told you all this before, but- um, you we, did, That's right. You did say that. We washed- we were in this dirt village and we washed their feet. And when we were done, the ladies all stood up and asked if they could wash our feet. And I have probably never cried so hard in my life. And I can still remember that experience and just being completely overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like it, it, it is a humbling action mm-hmm. to do and, uh, and to watch your young people, my daughter's feet being washed. She got it. She knew mm-hmm. what that meant. Yeah. And that's something that Judas had happened to him by his Messiah. You see? And he obviously had a problem with it. So we know where his heart was. His heart was, 
why are we wasting my, why aren't we doing it this way? So you're probably right, Ralph. He had all the right intentions, but he got a little too earthly good. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. He got a little too earthly good. I think he was, he was even calling out Jesus, if you think about it. Because Jesus was letting her do it. Jesus could oh, have rebuked he was, the woman. Yeah, he was angry. Jesus could have Why are you letting her do this? Yeah, you're not even following your own rules. What do you mean? He's like, no, no, no. She's doing this for my burial. That had to have been like a knife in the heart for this man. This is not good, right? So all those things- it's just one Judas, more tick that the devil's saying, see? Mm-hmm. See? The Messiah shouldn't see? die. That's probably what he was being told. No Messiah dies. He's not truly the Messiah. He can't die. If he's Jesus' son, if he's God's son, he can't die. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these are lies being told. Truly, this apple would not give you. <laughs> so according to the canonical gospels, after the Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples went out to Gethsemane, a garden located at the edge of the Kidron Valley, thought by scholars to probably have been an olive grove. And once there, he is described as leaving the group so that he can pray privately. So Jesus goes off to pray. The Synoptic Gospels state that Jesus asked God for the burden of death by crucifixion to save mankind to be taken from him. We know that. He says, Lord, let this cup pass from me, right? Though still leaving the final choice up to God's will. And he says that, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Luke states that an angel appeared and strengthened Jesus, who then accepted God's will and returned to his disciples. And the synoptics state that the three disciples that were with Jesus had fallen asleep and that Jesus criticized them for failing to stay awake even for an hour, suggesting that they pray so that they could avoid temptation. At that point, Judas gives Jesus a kiss as a prearranged sign to those that had accompanied Judas as to who Jesus was. Having been identified, the officers arrested Jesus, although one of Jesus' disciples attempted to stop them with a sword and cut off the ear of one of the arresting officers. We know that to be Peter. The Gospel of John specifies that it was Simon Peter and identifies the wounded officer with Malchus, the servant of Caiaphas, the high priest of Israel. Luke adds that Jesus healed the wound. John, Matthew, and Luke state that Jesus criticized the violent act, insisting that they do not resist Jesus' arrest. And Matthew, Jesus made the well-known statement, all who live by the sword shall die by the sword. The account in the Gospel of John differs from that of the synoptics. Only in John do Roman soldiers help to carry out their arrest. Judas leads the arresting party to Jesus, but rather than Judas pointing out Jesus, John has Jesus himself, knowing all that was to happen to him, ask them whom they were looking for. When they say, Jesus of Nazareth, he replies, I am he, at which point all members of the arrest party went backward and fell to the ground. So only in the earliest version of Jesus' capture appearing in the Gospel of Mark 14, 51 and 52, is there any mention of a fleeing naked young man? We talked about that, the streaker. Yeah, and there's something else, too, that always always bothered me, and I couldn't get the priest to answer this for me. Jesus goes away there in the upper room, and then they leave. How does Judas know where he is? Well, because that's where Jesus always goes, is to the Garden of Gethsemane. Right, but pray. how did he know this night that he went he there? He just knew. I'm just telling you. You're right. No, I, I never I'm understood. with you. I'm with you. So, Rick, so I'm, I'm pretty much done with this. So... The, the whole point that I wanted to make out was that Judas didn't hear the words that we have. Right. We know more about Christ and his kingdom and the Holy Spirit and all the things than Judas ever did. Judas never heard this. Jesus waited until this moment to share this with the disciples. Judas didn't stay long enough to hear it. So there's a lot of things that happens to the heart of man before they can ever hear these kinds of things. This is where I'm heading at. 
Okay. So Judas is different and we all are different because we have heard it. Judas never did. So what do you have, Rick? So a different perspective. Okay. A little bit. So through the, the event of um, Bethany, the anointing of Bethany, we know that Judas gets upset. Yeah. Which we all know that being upset is not bad. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to, I feel, um, trying to associate with what would have driven um, Judas to do it. Now, we understand that he got, that when, um, we're also, again, trying to associate what would have driven him to do it. The one thing that we do know from Scripture text that he was absolutely possessed by the devil, mm-hmm. that the devil entered him. Well, if we look at the Bible and the Scripture, what happened to people that were possessed? What do you mean? How did, how were they portrayed in the Bible? I mean, usually they would either go cut themselves, be at the tombs. They are rightly outside of their mind. Yes. They are not in control of themselves. Right. They cannot, best that we understand on what Scripture tells us, they're crazy, mm-hmm. lost, gone. When Jesus actually talks to the um, possessed man and he says lesion, he doesn't talk to the man. Right. He talks to the the whatever the entity is that's possessing him. That's right. And when he talked to Peter, he, he didn't talk to Peter. He said Satan. Well, it, there's no proof of evidence that he was – because Satan in itself, is, that word's a noun, and it just means adversary. adversary. Yeah. So right. it doesn't mean that he was actually talking to what we define as Satan. But I see where, I see where you're coming from, Ralph. So, I totally see that. In the essence that, that he becomes possessed, if we look at the context of what the Bible talks about possessed people, when Judas was possessed of, originally, was he outside of his mind when he went to the, the people, to the temple, to talk? Mm-hmm. Was it Judas doing it or was it Satan doing it for him Right, that he didn't know? Mm-hmm. So he comes back. That's a great point. No, that's really good because he, he comes back. it probably wasn't Judas. I mean, again, it's not wrong to be mad, but how can we associate him getting mad about the perfume with the deed that he did? Yeah, I mean, and that was prior to the possession. We can that be, was Judas. He becomes guilty by association, mm-hmm. that we associate that, that act with what he did. Right. So if he is possessed by Satan, then he, I feel, based on the context of the Bible, he is outside of his mind to what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Did, who did he know to go talk to? Who did he know to, directly to associate with? Based that he had spent time with Christ. He'd already seen stuff that had to be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And to go against it. The second part is, and, and this is the part that, that's kind of interesting to me, is the second possession. When Jesus looks at him and says, whatever you need to do, go ahead and do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus actually talking to Judas or is he talking, talking to, to Satan. Satan? He's talking to Satan. So that when he leaves. So that would be the point where John would talk about, so they don't understand what they're talking to to him mm-hmm. because he ain't talking to him. Right. That They didn't understand what he meant. They thought, he, oh, he must be talking about the money and going to get the feast. He was talking to Satan at so, the time. The, and then we get back to part where Judas is trying to get back. <laughs> That's going to gonna be a really cool episode in The Chosen, by the way. Because <laughs> they'll get it. They'll get what you just said. That'll make, they'll make it happen. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, they will. So I'll it, write him a letter. <laughs> so then when he comes back and he's trying to give up the silver, is it to the fact that now he's, he did not know that he did it? Satan was gone. And he was gone. Because one thing that we don't know is we don't know when he left. We don't know that when he came to the garden and found him, was it? Was it literally Judas finding him, or was it Satan leading him to Judas? Well, and I think that or, now I don't want to take it Satan so far that they are—they might be out of their mind, but they're aware of what's happening. We don't know. No, I think they do. We don't. We have no. Well, how would Judas know how to bring the thirty pieces of silver back to them? People, he was aware. 
but he was possessed. I'm not saying he's not, but we don't have enough context. Right. But then yeah. he's like, okay, now what have I done? He didn't realize what he had done. That's my perspective, just mm-hmm. looking at it. that He didn't know, and now he's freaking out. And so most likely it's the way that we think. Whenever our heart works toward, against God, in that situation, um, if we were possessed by the devil, then the devil would use the heart that we have to work against whatever Christ has. Well, planned, think about right? temporary insanity. You come upon a situation where someone has done harm to one of your children and you freak out and you kill them. And then the adrenaline leaves and you sit and you look and like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. So, so like, will I go to jail and the rest of my family won't have me and I won't be there for them? Or, or did I kill someone? I mean, you know, same thing there. Sure. Yeah. That's a good point. So after this, um, when he has that remorse and he brings that 30 pieces of silver back, um, they don't keep it. No. Um, they say, we can't We can't keep this money because it's blood money, right? So they use the money and they go buy this field. Yeah. They call it Potter's the potter's field. field or the field of blood. But do you know what's unique about that field? Do you know what's so cool about that field? Is it still there today? No. Oh, probably, oh, of course it's oh, still the there. the land is there, yeah. But what yeah. it was for. Yeah, the, for you burying the poor. Burying the stranger, for burying the Gentile. Yep. So in the ransom that was given for Jesus, when they tried to return it to those who withheld the law and had everything for the Jew, they they said, this is blood money. That blood has a price, and it's only going to be good for the stranger. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that, And he wasn't supposed to hang overnight. Mm Mm-hmm. And they left him overnight. Jewish law says he couldn't be left overnight. No, nope, but he did, and then he fell and burst. Yes. I do want to to say something to what Rick Carter said about um, possession. Now, I listen to— You can to, call him Big Daddy. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> With your blanched Lord says, voice. take no one else as your dad, as your father. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Big Daddy. Anyway, um, I listened to another podcast where it's it's what? done by Anna. It's done by <laughs> one of the most premier exorcists in the world. It's an actually it's a very good. It's very chilling and very scary. So if you don't like scary stuff, what is this? It's a it's a podcast called The Exorcist Files. Oh wow! And it's done by one of the top three in the Catholic Church um, exorcists. Take it for what you will. They they seem to be very good at it. Um, but th- their possession stories vary. So sometimes the people who are possessed by whatever entity or entities remember it was like they were in a hole. I, I think that that thing in Harry Potter where they where he took the body of I can't remember his name now. My daughter would be so embarrassed, but he put the actual guy in in the box in the in the basement and and he actually portrayed him. He he. As, oh oh, you're talking. Yeah, I know you're talking about the Goblet of Fire. Yeah yeah, and yeah. so. Um, Mad Eye Moody. Mad Eye Moody. Yeah. Yes, but mm-hmm. um, it, so sometimes it was like they were in there, <laughs> but they were trapped inside of a cage or a box, and they couldn't get out. They could. They were aware, and then other times they weren't aware at all. Mm-hmm. What was that second movie from Broken Glass? Remember, I think we were talking about it. Uh, Split. Split. Oh, you're talking about the uh, that character that had that multiple personality yeah. disorder. Mm-hmm. And his personalities didn't seem to know what the other one was doing. Well, right. and Nefarious is the same way. Mm. If you've seen the movie Nefarious. I haven't, but I've heard it's really he, good. He doesn't remember what's done to him, and then he has to pay the penalty for it because <laughs> it's it's biz- mm. it's bizarre. Like, So I don't know that we have 
I've never been possessed, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can imagine it leaves a mark you can't, that only Jesus Christ can undo. And yeah. Judas did not have that knowledge, mm-hmm. as far as we know, that he was the resurrection and the life. But he still had the ability to say, I'm sorry. He did. He did. Yeah. And, I, and I think that his remorse was probably true, and the fact that he did unalive himself also says a lot about how he felt about what he'd done in the world, what he'd achieved, which is something that he was not willing to live with. So that says a lot about him. And now, um, it sounds to me like he hung himself prior to the crucifixion. It does say he went... He he went immediately he, yes. because he had known that he had condemned the man. So while Jesus was going through trial is when Judas discovers this. And so because it says, and it was night, remember yeah. that? And then he betrays him, and then Jesus is in. Now they re- he realizes that Jesus is going to die, and it says I mean, that, there's a chance he could have went back to the temple when he was when Jesus was on trial. That's right. To try to give the money back then. And yeah. they're like, no. It's, it was immediate, actually, because yeah. he knew he had been condemned. But if you notice, uh, he hangs himself, and then Jesus is standing before Pilate. So Judas is already dead before Jesus even goes before Pilate. Mm. That's already happened. So... Yeah, so that was a bummer. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, it's a very interesting topic. And I've, I've always wondered um, about these disciples and why Jesus chose the ones that he did. And every one of them have some sort of an effect, you know? But I'm right along with Ralph. I, I, I think he shouldn't be portrayed as, as bad of a dude as we yeah. tried to. I want to take a poll. How many people uh, think that Judas was a part of the plan to uh, to crucify Christ to uh, save the souls of every human being. Well, that, alive. That's interesting. So there's a there's a, there's an well, argument. I, I do. I think okay. he was part of the sovereign plan. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's go around audible super fast. Uh, we'll start with yeah, Rick. Yes, I definitely. Uh, he was Billy? part of the plan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rick? Yes. Uh, Ralph. Ralph's a yes. Yes. Sarita. Yes. And Cherry. Yes is all around. Yeah. All right, if, cool. if, what do you if think? If it wasn't Judas, it, you, it was going to be somebody else. What do you yes. think, Andy? According well, to the story. According to the story, yeah, this then is a Bible yes. podcast. Canonically, According, then yeah. yes, it it would have it would have been a part of the plan. Yeah. It would have had to have been because if it wasn't, then there was no plan. That's right. 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 Logically, yeah. there's no other answer. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, there's a small thing that argues that if Jesus foresees Judas's betrayal, then the betrayal is not an act of free will and therefore should not be punishable. Conversely, it's also argued that just because the betrayal was foretold, it does not pre- prevent Judas from exercising his own free will in the matter. Hmm. Well, that'd be curious if it was his will at all, because being possessed, he'd have been outside of his own mind. Which would be, which, which would lead he me hold to him accountable for it. Still believe that at the end he was so remorseful that he said, "Oh my God, I'm sorry." I guess uh, possession yeah. does very neatly get you out of the free will problem <laughs> of it being God's plan. Well, but I mean, it's God's plan would have to have accounted for the possession; otherwise, it wouldn't have been set up that way. So, mm. yeah, you're still trapped in it. Yeah, no well, he did. went and gave the 30 pieces back, so some part of him came back, and then he was remorseful and then did what he did. So, yeah. I, I, my hope is, I, I have no idea, and I think one day we're going to be gone and God's going to show of us the people. error of our ways. But Sure. Uh, yeah, people uh, do dumb stuff all the time. Yeah. Often they figure it out. Maybe not in time. Maybe he cured himself since he was 
he was uh, trying to get demons out of other people. Yeah, I think Maybe. for the longest time, I had my perspective was that Judas was just the villain and bad guy. And sorry, it's too late for him. But after doing thinking about the things that he missed and the things that he was a part of, and how even the disciples didn't see him as a betrayer until after the fact, they, I think it took him by, by surprise. Um, as a matter of fact, when I was in the play and I played Peter, I always act shocked that it was that it was Judas. Mm -hmm. um, e tu brute? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We <laughs> have to kill Caesar. No, but just to see that, um, I've changed my mind. I don't, I don't know fully, but it seems to me like Judas um, was taken out on purpose. Um, and I like, I really like the way that, and I hope Sarita's right by the way that that says is that it would have been better for Jesus yeah. Yeah, yeah, if awesome. Judas had never been born. I like that interpretation, and I job, hope that's true. And if it's not, yeah. I'm going to be pissed at somebody. Like, well, I so mean, the, him and he. The, there's <laughs> well, that was from a Greek scholar. So I like what it. Do I know? Oh, she him and Greek. he does call a Greek. Call a Greek. What a callback. We need that. Him and he does not mean it is the same person. Right. That's true. What are your pronouns? He, him. Yeah. So. So, yes. That's a good good job, sir. It's good stuff. I like that. So, I haven't done this in a while, but can you guys tell me what a pirate would have called Noah's boat? Ooh. Ark. Ark. Good the ark. <laughs> I have a joke. Let's hear it. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, wait I a minute just, now. I just visited the ark in Kentucky. <laughs> you did? I did. I bought a year pass so that I can go back again. Oh, that's awesome. Was it awesome? Where? It was. The yeah, ark? It was, it was amazing. Nice. Yeah, I haven't been there. It was a lot bigger than my mind pictured it was. My husband and my younger son got to spend the night on the ark. Oh, I've seen oh, that. I feel like, I've seen yeah, where you I feel can like do that. either you've mentioned that or maybe somebody else did. That happened for them. And you can get into, with the pass, you can get into the museum too. So I'll be going to that. I was The Creation Museum? I did not have enough time to sit there and read as much it, it was you need to take there like were so many things that, that I, my didn't. wife's cousin went and they stayed for like three or four days and she said they or four or five days and they got to see everything yeah, yeah. you gotta be there's real so many things you don't think about <laughs> that it makes you, you think about well, it's just read, amazing huh? yeah so you got to be a Presbyterian to go. That's, that's where you learn about. <laughs> I don't really know much the about only Presbyterian. That reads. But, you know. That's where you learn about dinosaurs. Are you ready for my joke? I'm ready yeah. for your joke. Let's oh, hear the joke. Give it to right. us, right? I love this girl I work with. She's so hilarious. So you ready to cut this? What? Not no. a chance. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not so, that bad. Says the what? Said ant holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is a circumcision gone wrong called? <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> a what? tragedy. Rip off! Oh. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Uh, <laughs> Ouch! That's yeah. what I'll Jesus. see you to moil. <laughs> oh. That's too bad, Billy. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here, buddy. Oh, yeah, man. Big Daddy. Oh yeah. We're gonna get out of here. Later, Ralph. Andy, represent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you, Sarita, Cherry. Thanks so much, Cherry. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your flight. Enjoy the time. We want to hear about. Yep, we'll be praying. Thanks. We want to hear about this. Uh, uh, your mission trip to the Fort Hall Reservation to mm -hmm. do a vacation Bible school for little Indian children, which is Can awesome. I bring Ella to do her testimony about her trip to Jamaica? Will mission you? Trip? That'd be cool. Can she come? Don't know. We'll see. I'm good with that. I would love that. It'd be neat to hear about yes. a trip to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. she, has, yeah. she has split her toe, oh. bathed in the river, and gotten very sick all oh. in one week. I want to mm. say something really cool, and I hope he doesn't mind that I'm doing this on the air, but I'm doing it anyway. So we had a man that went on our Facebook page and said, I'm no longer going to listen to you because of what I talked about with the pronouns. Uh-huh. Do you guys remember that? Yep. Yes. I remember you mentioning that. Well, I'm going to yeah. say his name. His name was Jason Cleveland. The only reason I'm going to say it 
is because he sent me an email and he apologized because I responded to him the best way that I could, which was, I'm sorry that I lost you as a listener. I know people hold your position and feel that way. That's just not what I do. And, but I was really, I felt bad because I didn't want to lose this guy as a listener because he was listening. You know, it was really cool. He sent me an email. We, um, we exchanged numbers and we had a long conversation and I consider this dude a friend now. Like this ah. guy, he's out of Mississippi. He's got a Southern draw, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> southern draw, man. But uh, his name is Jason Cleveland. Super good guy. So thanks for calling me, man, and us having that talk. It was really cool. It really warmed my heart. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty friggin' close. <laughs> and, and, I, and I like the fact that that, that and I'm humble that too. People Total are are able to come back and have a conversation and say, "Hey, you know, sorry that I did this. I was, you know." this, that, and the other, but then you can have a discourse about what it is that you both believe and then agree to, hey, Rick we'll talk again sometime. pretty good about getting, like, coming at people with the right energy to get them to dial it down I was a thinking that Blessed earlier. are the yeah. peacemakers. Yeah. I was yes, thinking that earlier. Rick has become, I, would, I was really honestly thinking this, Rick has become amazing at doing what he does and oh, yeah. talking with all of us because sometimes I say things and I know, you know, it always can't be taken the right way and it's tone of voice and it's this, it's like text. You don't always know what's going on. But I know there are times that Rick may not believe in what I say, but he'll say that's a good point. Just to just, hey, you know what? That, that's a good point. Whether I, I believe think, in it or not or just think the other. I thinks they're good points for the record. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm do. definitely not lying to your face. No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> I believe that, but I, 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm not putting on a facade <laughs> at church today. I yeah. like the way that you put everybody that's with you at ease to be comfortable saying what they're saying, whether anyone else out there believes it or not, but say, hey, you know what? I, that, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, the biggest thing is that I don't want the conversation. That's a good point, right, right. I don't want the conversation yeah. to stop. Yeah. I don't want the conversation to stop. I no, don't I want think us you've to get gotten to the really point where good. We have at, to quit talking to each other. I, I think you've gotten really good at what you what, what you're and doing. So here. I am going to go solve the problem and bring peace in the it's middle east. It's all done. It's all done. Right now. <laughs> and that, and oh, anyway, and you probably have. Thank you for seven, saying that, Ralph. That was very kind. Huh? You, you probably have seven group tags. Yeah, to talk about it. Lord. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> different one just pops up every once in a while. Well, special just thanks. Don't paint your hair orange. Special thanks to Jason Cleveland from Mississippi for reaching out. That was very kind of you. I really think Shut you're up. cool, and thanks for listening. And uh, I'd I'd like to bring him on one day and talk to him. You know, I, I think, think it awesome. takes a stronger person to reach out and apologize very and have a conversation yes. than it does to just oh, absolutely. say it something does. and walk away. Yeah. Sure. It says a lot, and I really appreciate that. He actually heard me on Zach Davis. That's He was listening to Zach Davis. So he wasn't listening to us, and he heard me on Zach Davis, and then he reached out. So it was really cool because I think I talked about him on Zach Davis. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, very nice guy. Anyway, thanks, everybody. And uh, we will talk to you guys again next time on the Burrows of Berea. Represent. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. Hello. My it pool did. is full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be nice and chilly for the 50th birthday party this weekend. Whoa. My pool full with Albert. Not my 50th. 50. Your husband's. Mm-hmm. 
Fitty. 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 F-I-D-E. always reminds me of South Park. About tree fitty. <laughs> Do you remember that? Tree fitty. Tree fitty. Yeah, tree, tree fitty. Tree fitty. About tree, tree fitty. About tree fitty. So I wanted I wanted to point out that that I bet there's a reasonable population that 88 reasons for 88 probably kept them out of a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. They yes. probably just got a job as a plumber and then made way more money anyway. So no, that was interesting. <sighs> and the fallacy are the the straw man. That you hear a lot in preterists, where it's like, if you're a futurist, you're going to just stop trying to be involved in the world. That might be a fallacy that comes about because people that are particularly interested in futurism tend probably towards preterism to solve the problems of futurism. So that could be why it comes up, because it's a reflective not of the population that is futurist, but it is reflective of the uh, the interior lives of uh, of preterists when they were futurists. Derek Lambert says that it's Christians doing nothing more than saving Jesus. Which one? Derek Lambert, you remember no, him? No, oh no, I vision? mean, so he's a he says that he says that full preterism is oh, nothing full, more than trying to preterism. save Jesus okay. from all the mistakes that he made. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. wow. You know what? Who is it? Where is he from? Derek. Oh, Lambert? you missed him. Yeah. He was on miss vision. Him. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. He, he was here. Too. I, I can't say that there's no basis for that statement. Well, that's it's going <laughs> along with what you <laughs> just said. Some people they choose their route based on the problem that they have and they yeah. solve that they find. Well, I I don't know that it's entirely based on that, yeah. but an aspect of, I mean, if you're gonna go from being a futurist to a preterist, you have to be interested in the problems of futurism, right? Yeah. Right, it's like that's a self-selecting thing. Well, yeah, it's a hundred percent. Like that's what your focus is, and especially like in our churches where it's just like it's going to happen at any minute. They'll they'll yeah. you know they'll, they'll like yeah. hey, how, raise your hand. How many people believe Jesus is coming soon? Boom. How many people yeah. think that if he came tomorrow, it would be all right? Yeah, especially Woo! in everybody's a church, freaking out. I mean, that happens like that when they're really and so when you're thinking it. like that, and yeah. then all of a sudden you know, and then you're reading these verses, and you're like, well, wait a minute, what does this verse mean? And like, oh, it's, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. Well, that's why they just don't read their Bible. Because well, they, some they of them can don't. understand it. And some of them do, but some of them, a lot of them don't. And those who really do read the Bible, you'd be surprised what they actually believe. They just don't talk about it. Probably. I've you been know surprised I mean? to find out how many people believe more like I do in my Southern Baptist church than I thought. And, and they're quiet about it because— And they're quiet about it, and they're in leadership. Sure. They're pastors. Man, in your church? <laughs> well, if they hear it, it's out now. So anyway, nobody listens to this podcast. Eighty thousand people. It's fine. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, are we ready to get started? I think we're all going to be surprised to find out how much we got wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Lord Not just me. shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially, especially Andy. <laughs> that's the, that's no, the, it's either that's the way. I won't be surprised if I'm wrong, but we'll I won't be surprised a, if I'm right. I we'll, just like win either way. We'll get him a hoodie that says "Especially Andy" yeah. or right. "Andy's a special." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a problem to his answer. <laughs> That'd be a rainbow. <laughs>